It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the NBA season starts tonight. The Raptors get rolling tomorrow. And unlike all those other NBA podcasts that are doing bold predictions, we're going to dive into some audacious, daring, courageous predictions about your 2023 Toronto Raptors, all with Joseph Cacharo of The Score and Pound the Rock coming up. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, October the 24th. Happy beginning of the NBA season, everybody. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that I don't know what we're calling it anymore, but it's at Woodley Sean. You know the website. It's the bad one where nothing works. Uh, you can also find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And above all, join us in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. Come hang out. It is an awesome place. It's where most of my like in-game thoughts are going to be throughout this season. And uh, it's a really, really fun community we got building around the show. So come hang out in the Discord. Link is in the description. It's free to join. If you ever need the link to get in there as well, if it's expired, just shoot me a DM and I'll get it right to you, uh, as a reminder, you can always find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. Hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, get those notifications every single time an episode drops. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, we're going to dig into some bold predictions for the 2023-24 Toronto Raptors. Although I'm going to do my best to use the thesaurus and come up with some different words for bold. Uh, but of course, we could not do this exercise 
without the wonderful Joseph Cacharo of The Score, who I believe today will be dropping his own Bold Predictions episode on the league at large. It is one of my favorite episodes of one of my favorite podcasts that drops every year, Pound the Rock, of course, hosted uh, by Joey Cash and our buddy Joe Wolfond. Joey Cash, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to be here. I, I look like I'm joining you from 1997 with the uh, <laughs> the actual full wired hair. Your buds apologize for that aesthetic. Should should have charged my wireless one. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited, man. As you mentioned, we're doing our own uh, league wide bold predictions on Pound the Rock within the next day or two at the latest. There will actually be one crossover bold prediction between your show today Ooh. and Pound the Rock because there is one Raptors one in there. But yeah, happy to happy to doing some Raptors audacious predictions today. And and you're making me feel right at home too because. Um, you said you're going to be using a thesaurus, which means I'm probably going to be getting a lot of words. Wolfond would have used anyway. <laughs> oh, we love Wolfond and his enormous vocabulary. He's the best. Uh, before we dive into our bull predictions, we've each prepared three we're going to try to hammer through on today's show. Uh, before that, we should touch on, I guess, a bit of news or non-news from yesterday. Precious Achua not extended. No members of the Toronto Raptors extended yesterday, but Precious was the one as one of those 2020 draft guys. You know, We saw Jaden McDaniels get extended. We saw Cole Anthony get extended. Josh Green, all sorts of dudes. Precious Achua, notably, not extended by the Toronto Raptors. Did you have a quick take on the Raptors deciding not to throw a deal at Precious? This one, to me, kind of felt like uh, I understand Precious maybe wanted to bet on himself a little bit. And I also understand the Raptors maybe being reticent as, you know, Precious is a guy who, while he's got a lot of upside, flashed, of course, he's basically batting 0.5 out of 3 on having good NBA seasons. And so maybe this year is kind of good for everybody to see what type of player he is. But what you got on sort of your precious takeaways from him not getting extended yesterday? Yeah, I wasn't surprised. This wasn't one. To be honest, like I had almost forgotten he was one of the extension eligible <laughs> guys just because I, I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised. Like it, As you mentioned, he's really got half of a good NBA season under his belt so far. There's still a lot of uncertainty there. Sure, the ceiling is high, but you know, coming off last year and that kind of injury derailed from the start and then never really found his footing season, it's a weird spot for a team to extend a guy like that. You know, a guy that even with Yaka Pertle now in the mix, it's not like he's their starting center of the future, far from it. Mm -hmm. So I think there are enough questions there for the Raptors to not overcommit to him. And we don't know, maybe there was an extension offer out there, like you said, that maybe just wasn't in line with what Precious sees for himself and he chose to bet on himself. You know, usually when these rook like rookie scale extensions get done, you see some of like the better players around the league get bigger deals. I'm not even talking the max ones, but you'll see, you know, kind of more surefire young guys get deals. Now, the, the one reason I could maybe see people being surprised Precious didn't get anything is when you look around the league, there were guys like a Cole Anthony who signed for 339, which I thought was a pretty team friendly deal. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, who signed for 341? Now I'm forgetting. That was Josh Green. I believe. Yeah, Josh Green, who yeah. I, I think is turning into a pretty good role player in Dallas. And I'd argue might even be more proven than Precious at this point. Mm -hmm. He ended up getting 341, which I think in the new NBA and with the, the cap is actually a very team friendly deal. So, I guess I could see some of the surprise with the precious angle in that there were other, you know, not exactly home run type young players that did actually come to terms on team friendly to cheapish extensions. And from that vantage point, I guess maybe you can say, yeah, it's too bad they couldn't do something like that with precious, but he probably wouldn't have settled for it. Yeah, and ultimately, I don't see Precious having like the playing time or runway this year to play himself 
out of the Raptors budget next summer as an RFA. Also, RFA is like this boogeyman that never actually really comes to bite you. Um, and so, you know, is he going to end up earning like I think like the ceiling that he might earn next summer is like on Yeka Kongu money of what, four years, 62, 16 million bucks a year. If he plays himself into that, that's one of them good problems. That's great. Like great for Precious, great for the team. Um, but I don't think there's risk of him like going and becoming some sort of max player in the next year that the Raptors then are sitting there like, damn, we should have locked this guy up sooner to something more team friendly. Um, with that, Joey Cash, let's dive into our bold prediction, shall we? We each prepared three and I, I want to start hammering these out pretty quick here i will go with my first one off the top i want to know what you think cool. my prediction number one the toronto raptors will finish number one in transition frequency this season and set a franchise record in that category and will flirt with the all-time record per clean the glass of 20.3 percent of possessions being in transition put out by the 2021 or sorry by the 2017-18 golden state warriors uh i think this team is going to run a whole lot in the preseason. It seemed like it was a directive after every single miss to sprint down the other team's throat. And if Darko Ryakovic is as sort of smart as it seems when it comes to amplifying the strengths of his players, this seems like a thing that's going to be a directive all season long. Scotty Barnes's conditioning looks like he's up to the task early on as well. Uh, I think this team is going to be the historically uh in transition team we'll talk about we could talk about like the efficiency maybe that'll kind of fly to fluctuate here and there although i think they'll be quite good there as well um but i think this team is going to be the most transition heavy team in raptors history and one of the most transition heavy teams in the history of the nba at least dating back to 2003-04 when cleaning the glasses tracking of this metric continues am i crazy with this audacious prediction i don't think you're crazy i mean i think i think saying they'll, they'll be number one in the league in transition frequency, I would even say maybe isn't even that bold. It definitely sure. got bold when you said they could set the, the NBA record for it, or at least in the cleaning glass era. So I'll, I'll give you that uh, as a bold prediction. But no, I don't think it's that crazy, man. I, I look, as you mentioned, um, under Darko Ryakovich's directive, it clearly seems like this is what they want to do and probably feel they need to do the same way that, you know, in the last few years of the Nick Nurse era, they had to crash the offensive glass and try mm -hmm. to, force turnovers and do all those things and get out in transition some as well to manufacture points and easy opportunities because the half court offense just doesn't have enough juice. And I think, you know, they'll probably run into that same issue again this year. And Darko's fix for that is trying to get out and run as often as possible. Um, you know, I, I think it also jives with the whole point five, point five offense thing when they are in the half court, right. About mm -hmm. making quick decisions, making the decision whether to attack pass or shoot within half a second of touching the ball it doesn't always work out like that but I think that will also keep them sharper in transition because if things go according to Darko's plan they'll be making quicker decisions at mm -hmm. all times on offense and that hopefully helps them in transition because I there were plenty of times last year and maybe it's now just my like cognitive bias of remembering how frustrating and miserable last season was on route to 41 wins that I've just only remembered these plays and maybe I'm, I'm way off numbers wise, but it felt like the Raptors botched a lot of easy fast break opportunities last year, three on mm -hmm. ones, two on like it, it just felt like they weren't in sync in transition. And if they're going to do a more this year, I think coming from the 0.5 offense in the half court actually might help them in transition as well. 
Fred Van Vliet did a lot of good things. Run transition breaks was not one of those things. Um, and so, yeah, I think I also think, too, my feeling on this is I think they're going to be an excellent defensive rebounding team that's going to fuel a lot of this. And I don't think they're going to sort of gimmick up the steals department. I think their defense is just going to be good enough to force a ton of misses that they can run off of. So I think it'll be a more balanced shape of the team. You know, the team's been high in transition standings the last few years. Uh, but like last year in particular, I did not think it was a particularly healthy way of getting there. Uh, we're going to come back. Joey Cash and get into your first bold prediction. We'll get a couple more into the next segment as well. Uh, maybe two from you. We'll see. We'll come back in just a sec and dive on into those. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. You got to come check them out. And right now is the perfect time to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200. In bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. It's the start of the NBA season. Maybe you got a feeling about a team to go win the NBA championship like I did last year when on FanDuel, I got the nuggets that you see on my sweater right now at 19-1 to 1 on FanDuel, and I was feeling very happy when that bet paid out in the summertime. Go check him out right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and, of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here. Joseph Vacharo of The Score is here. We're doing daring predictions. And Joey Cash, let's I'll turn it over to you. What's your number one bold prediction for this Toronto Raptors season? Scotty Barnes. 2023-24 most improved player. I love it. Tell me more. <laughs> Look, I think we can all agree that his development stagnated mm -hmm. as part of that really frustrating and, and frankly miserable season last year. You know, his focus, his conditioning, his off-court work, his consistency all came into question and frankly, understandably so, fairly so. But if you remember, those concerns began to surface during a very brutal 2022 preseason. You know, mm -hmm. We weren't so concerned about it at the time because he was coming off that magical rookie season because you can always chalk that up to, eh, it's preseason. It'll be fine when the real games start. But sure. if you do remember, he was very bad in the preseason last year. And, you know, all of us kind of tried to sweep it under the rug as it's just preseason. Turned out it was actually a harbinger of bad things to come when it came to mm -hmm. Scotty's season or at least mediocre things to come. Well, if that 2022 preseason was the beginning of a disappointing season and if his preseasons are harbingers of things to come then that bodes well for his 2023-24 campaign Hell yeah. because the preseason he just put together was pretty nuts mm -hmm. you know he said at media day when i asked him about what he did differently this summer that he ran a lot more and and did condi more conditioning work than he ever had before in order to prepare for having more of the ball in darko's system well so far so good because in the preseason in only 22 minutes, which is, you know, on par for starters in the preseason, he averaged roughly 19 points, six rebounds, three assists, two blocks and a steal, made seven mm -hmm. of 14 three-pointers. Again, I know extremely small sample size in overall meaningless games, but you get to start somewhere. Um, and if you add it all up, 
You know, NBA.com has this uh, this metric called the player impact estimate, which, I mean, look, I don't use it often in terms of evaluating players, but it's an interesting kind of catch-all metric that NBA.com came up with. And what when it I, serves your bold prediction, right. more than fine to use it. Exactly. <laughs> and what I will say is that if you actually look at the preseason numbers and you look at NBA.com's player impact estimate, it seems like a fairly reasonable catch-all metric in that the best players in the NBA are up there. If you look at every player in the NBA that played multiple preseason games, so just had to play at least two games this preseason and only had to play 15 minutes per game, that actually gives you a sample of 328 players. You know who the top two players in player impact estimate is? Makes sense. Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. The mm -hmm. two guys widely accepted as the two best players in basketball. Fourth place was Kevin Durant. Fifth place was Lowry Markkinen, an all-star last year who was, you know, Borderline All-NBA player. So again, it, it makes sense. These guys up there. You know who was third? I have a hunch. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> yeah, your, your hunch is correct. You see where I'm going with this. Scotty Barnes. So again, it's not about just reading into the preseason. It's I think it's not just about the numbers. I think it's about the way he looks in the preseason. Um, things that the numbers do indicate, considering how last year's preseason you know, was an indicator of what was to come. You add that all up and you take the human element into it too that I think, and I've said this, you know, on Pound the Rock before, I'll probably talk about it on today's episode again. This guy does seem to get it now, or at least something seems to have clicked after last season. He <laughs> seems to have acknowledged, acknowledged he wasn't in the right physical shape, clear. Like, you know, when a guy comes out and says, look, I, the one thing I took from last year is I needed to be in better shape. I mean, you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth. He seems to have known that he wasn't in the right condition and especially for mm -hmm. Darko's new system. Um, I think there is a sense of focus with him this year that maybe wasn't there last year, which, hey, it happens. He was coming off rookie of the year, maybe didn't quite understand yet, didn't fully grasp how tough the NBA is year to year and the fact that you need to keep not just working, but adapting, getting better, getting in better shape, not just bringing the same shape you were in, you know, your rookie of the year campaign to the next one so i think all of those things are clicking for him i think he's come with a better focus in better shape looks tremendous in the preseason literally almost as good as any player in the nba outside of Giannis and Jokic during the preseason so i think you add it all up give me scotty barnes for mip i love it i toyed with doing this one as well uh i, I kind of had a hunch this might be one of the ones you came up with and so I, I went with a little bit more of like sicko stuff especially for my love third it. one which we'll get to it's just like total total in the weeds uh, lunatic bold prediction but uh, I love this I was super encouraged by Scotty's preseason I also think the thing for me that has me excited is that Darko Ryakovich does not seem like he's going to put Scotty in a box of being one thing right like I, I think there was this sort of notion over the summer oh Fred's gone he's the point guard now he's Magic Johnson right and I don't think that was going to be the most conducive way to set him up for success but if he's working as like a screener and roller and someone who can, you know, on, on occasion, knock down the odd catch and shoot three in space and be like a wing creator while also kind of running bench units as more of a nominal point guard. I think that allows him to tap into a lot of different things he does better. And I also think I'm really encouraged by a couple of guys I'm going to talk about in my final bold predictions, uh, bold prediction later on. Um, I'm encouraged by just like the shape of the team around him in a way I wasn't last year. I think, there's maybe more shooting than we're giving this roster credit for, and that's going to help Scotty Barnes more than anybody else on this entire team. So I'm with you. I think that's a great one. And not to be a bummer, but I'm going to go like full opposite end of the spectrum. If things go poorly, Joey Cash, my third courageous prediction is that 
eventually they'll have to look around and say, maybe this isn't working out and you got to go trade Pascal Siakam. I don't think Pascal Siakam's getting traded this year. I agree with Eric Kareen's prediction yesterday in The Athletic that he'll eventually re-sign with the Raptors. I think the Scotty Pascal thing is going to work. This is the NBA, though, and things go against the best laid plans all the time. And so my extremely specific prediction is that if things go awry, Pascal Siakam will be traded. And if he's traded, he will be traded to the Golden State Warriors for Chris Paul, Jonathan Kaminga, and Trace Jackson Davis, plus whatever pick capital you want. That exact trade. This implies that like things don't go super well with Chris Paul and the Warriors staring down the barrel of Clay Thompson walking away for nothing in the summer, the end of their sort of trio of dominance for the last 10 years take one last swing at it and assemble the starting five of Steph, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Pascal Siakam, and Draymond Green that becomes the best lineup in basketball and gives them a real shot to take down the Nuggets in the West. That is my extremely bold, very specific Pascal Siakam prediction for a thing I don't even think is going to happen. What say you to that, Joey Cash? I feel like this is on like the Joe Cash level of heat. Yeah, no, I was going to say, <laughs> you, you, you know, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Uh, <laughs> As Leo Leonardo DiCaprio said in Django, I mean, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't be quoting that character. I guess he's um, raging, raging, but <laughs> people get it for the purpose of this people show. People seen the movie, yeah. yes. Um, I love it. I don't think it's going to happen, but listen, you told me to come here with some bold predictions, and goddamn, that was bold. I very much appreciate it. And yes, as anyone who listens to Pound the Rock, as I know you do, Sean, knows, <laughs> I can definitely appreciate someone coming with the heat like that and a hot take like that. So let's go. I... Listen, I, where I'll disagree is that I think, I don't know if I'd say I'm in the minority, but I'm yeah, I probably am in the minority of people that really thinks this Chris Paul thing is going to work in Golden State. And I understand okay. the reasons why it might not, and I mm-hmm. fully understand them. But I just think his ability to kind of give that offense a curveball in a way and give them another way to attack and one they haven't had before. Like everyone always talks about how, Steve Kerr never goes to like a structured pick and roll format at any point of the game. Well, it's like, well, now you have Chris friggin' Paul. I bet you he will, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he's going to unlock a lot for a good young rim runner like Jonathan Kaminga. I think Paul's going to prop up Curry's lineups. There's a bunch of reasons I think it could and, and will work. And so if things go the way I see them going in the Bay, they'll actually be keeping Chris Paul for the year rather than trading him for the summer. Um, but again, I got to respect the heat, <laughs> the boldness of that take because it is... It's Caliente. As the, like, just having a take that's appreciated by the lead meteorologist at, uh, like, the the fraud watch and, like, the, the heat index, it makes me just so proud. I feel like I've done a good today. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side. I've got one more bold prediction. You've got two more we're going to run through here, Joey Cash. I'll do that in just a sec. Before we do that, however, should tell all of our good friends about our good friends over at Game Time, the place to go if you're looking to buy tickets for a sporting event. The Toronto Raptors home opener is tomorrow, and you can get last-minute deals at Game Time at a price that is not going to be beaten anywhere else because Game Time has the Game Time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets at the same section in a row for less somewhere else, Game Time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. There is literally no reason to not use Game Time the next time you need to purchase tickets for any event. It could be a basketball game. It could be comedy, theater. Maybe you're going to Game 7 of D-backs Phillies tonight. Uh, why you would do that in Toronto, I don't know, but maybe you just really want to do that and go see Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno stomp on our hearts. Either way, you can go and do that at game time. 
Uh, they have zone deals. You pick the section. Game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. You get pictures of your seats as well, and your tickets are delivered right to your phone. It's super duper easy. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Down the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's not nothing when you're buying tickets, especially those last minute sweet deals. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked on NBA. L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. We're in the home stretch here of our uh, bold predictions, courageous predictions. I, I've now fallen into like the same four words, undaunted predictions, Joey Cash. Uh, <laughs> before we dive in, just a heads up for the listeners, a reminder, go check out the two-part episode from Monday where Vivek, Sahal, and I dug into our over-unders and props contest for the year. And a reminder, you can take part in said contest. The link to compete is in the description of this podcast. Uh, the winner, the, the listener submissions, the best ballot, the most accurate ballot at the end of the season will get tickets to a game next season, probably purchased by me on game time for you. Uh, so be sure to go and sign on up and get your picks in for the over-unders and props contest for this season. Joey Cash, I've got one prediction left. You've got two. We will see the floor to you. What is your second bold prediction? You had a really good one out of the gate with Scotty MIP. What's number two for you? I think this is actually my boldest of the three, probably. And it's very specific. It's going to get the people going. Okay. Dennis Schroeder averages more assists per game than Fred Van Vliet this season. Oh, Oh, the people are going to love this one. Yeah. You just think the YouTube comments are just like uh, yeah. bowing the pe- at the altar of Joey Cash right now. The people are going <laughs> to love it and maybe also think I'm insane. So Fred Van Vliet I do, but that's okay. <laughs> 7.2 assists last season. Uh-huh. Dennis Schroeder averaged 4.5. So I'm, you know, you talk about the heat meter. I'm going bold here. I'm a, I'm a Carolina Reaper on the Scoville <laughs> scale right now, okay? 7.2 to 4.5 last year. And Fred should have more of the ball in Houston, you know, than Schroeder will have in Toronto after the Rockets paid him to kind of get things in order to be the adult in the room there. But if you look at the per 100 possessions numbers or the per minute numbers last year and throughout the careers, the gap is actually, sorry, it, the gap narrows mm-hmm. last year. And if you look career-wise, it's much closer than, you know, that 2.7 per game gap from last season. Sure. Also career-wise, Dennis Schroeder actually has a higher assist percentage than Fred Van Vliet, which is the okay. percentage of teammate field goals assisted while you're on the floor. Add in the fact that Schroeder, and I will say I've, I've been pleasantly surprised by this, seems to be buying in to team first ball with the Raptors right now, mm-hmm. as he did actually in LA last season. And when you consider Darko's very pass-happy system versus Fred, quite frankly, you know, a lot of people want to bring up Pascal when Masai Ujiri makes those selfishness comments. Sure. He's not the Raptor that I think the, most of those comments have been directed at. Now, I'm not hating on Fred sure, because I think his Raptors career was tremendous. People will never forget his contributions to the championship run. Made a good career for himself. But I also think, you know, you don't have to be a Fred hater to acknowledge that last year probably was not the best let's say, 
showing of Fred Van Vliet team first guard. Okay. Sure. I think he missed a lot of looks. He took some very ill-advised shots. And I'm not just saying like shoot or shoot kind of shots, but like, uh, eh, you probably should have passed that ball there, bud. Mm-hmm. I, I think Fred has been going in one direction when it comes to his playmaking. And some people say that, look, that was a product of his environment and who he didn't have around him. Maybe it changes in Houston, but I'm going to say Fred Van Vliet's assist numbers come down. I'm going to say Dennis Schroeder's go up. And while it would take a lot for this prediction to actually come true, again, you asked me to come here and be bold. And so that's (laughs) what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to say Schroeder, more assists per game than Fred this year. And again, if if we do want to look at the preseason, which from a results perspective, throw it all out the door, but can sometimes help indicate, you know, trends that are coming in the regular season and stuff like that. In 21.2 minutes per game this preseason, Dennis Schroeder, 5.8 assists. Mm -hmm. In 23.4 minutes this preseason, Fred Van Vliet, 3.8. Dennis Schroeder did average two more assists in two less minutes during the preseason. Again, maybe you take nothing from that. But I do think when you take that into account, take the career stuff into account, take the way each player's style is actually trending as they age, and the team environments, this might not be as crazy as people think it was when I first said it. I don't hate it. I, I, you convinced me a little bit. I still think Fred is just going to kind of be such a table setter for that team that eventually he's just going to accrue a bunch of assists um, down in Houston. I also think Schroeder, I'm worried about his fit with the starters just offensively and like how he fits in as a playmaker. And I think, you know, maybe there's a move at some point where he comes off the bench. Maybe that actually helps his uh, playmaking because he's just kind of passing it up and spraying it to shooters. Um, There's a pathway here. I I don't hate it. Um, Also, if this is indirectly a vote of confidence in offensive hub Alperin Shengun, I'm fully on board because I'm so in the tank for that dude. It's unbelievable. Um, Love it. I promised I had a really sicko, like really nitty gritty, nasty take for all the little piggies out there. Uh, this is my bull prediction number three, and nobody is going to have this bull prediction anywhere. I promise you that. Uh, I think the combination of Grady Dick and Jalen McDaniels will be the single best on-off differential two-man lineup for the Toronto Raptors this season. Those two guys are going to be inserted into all sorts of lineups, and it's going to make all those lineups make so much sense. I think the starters with Dennis Schroeder, or if they switch it and have Gary Trent Jr. in there, are going to struggle offensively. I think the defense will be great, but I think they'll struggle offensively. But I think if you sprinkle in Grady Dick and Jalen McDaniels with any combination of Raptors starters, Jakob Hurdle and Dennis Schroeder, uh, OJ Ananobi and Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr., those guys will balance each other quite nicely. You have the like the, the beautiful, free-flowing shooting of Grady Dick, the defense of Jalen McDaniels, and the catch-and-shoot stuff he has dabbled in in his career. I think those two guys are going to be the key cogs and the resurgence of the Toronto Raptors bench and will have the single ba- biggest impact when they step on the floor in terms of raising the overall net rating of the lineups they're in. I don't necessarily think any of the lineups they're in will like lead the team in minutes played, but I think it'll be sort of like a Christian Coloco level thing where their impact together as a tandem is just so amplifying of everybody else and it's going to make those lineups really, really sing. I told you it was for sickos, Joey Cash. Am I uh, insane with this one? No, I I like it, and I am one of those sickos who I, I really appreciated all the takes today, Sean. Very, very pleased with your with your takes today, uh, both in terms of their specific, both in terms of their specificity, and in their heat. Um, I guess my one qualm would be that I'm just not sure Grady gets enough minutes. Sure. Like, I, I'm a big fan of 
Grady Dix, and I think he's going to have a bright future in Toronto. And I actually really liked the McDaniels pickup at the time. Like, I thought that was one of the more under-the-radar, solid pickups for the team. Like, sorry, around the league this offseason. Mm-hmm. I know, like, the initial reaction was, oh, great, another, you know, kind of versatile guy, defense, defense first player who can't shoot. But in rolling their eyes, I think people kind of missed the things that Jalen McDaniels does well that could mm-hmm. help this team, including on the offensive end. Like, I think he's a smart player, gets into the right spots, good cutter, kind of knows what the ball handler and the other players on the court need him to do, even if it's literally just moving to a certain space, knowing he'll never get the ball. Um, he passes so, the knows where to stand test with exactly. flying colors. And yeah, You'd be surprised how important that test is like mm-hmm. um, in, in a functional NBA offense. So like it, I, I, I see what you're saying and I understand how those two guys combined really do balance out lineups and help in a lot of ways. I guess. Yeah. Like I said, if there, if there's one reason um, why I can't see it happening or why I think it is so bold, it's just because I'm not quite sold yet on Grady Dick actually getting meaningful rotation minutes. I hope he does mm-hmm. just not there yet. I think his shooting is going to play him into the rotation pretty quickly, honestly. I think, you know, the defense too, yeah, like he might get bullied in individual, you know, circumstances. But like if a team is building their entire offense around finding Grady Dick and hunting him in the regular season, like, okay, like you want to go do that? He's going to be on the worst guy. They're not going to be a super switchy team. I don't think they're going to be prone to those mismatches, you know, kind of all the time. And I think he's such a good positional defender and just kind of knows where to be, again, knows where to stand. Um, and he's just like a smart head on his shoulders type of player. I think he's going to ingratiate himself pretty quickly into good. rotation. And I honestly, you know, another bold prediction I had was like, he's going to finish top eight minutes played for the Raptors this year. Wow. I think the shooting is just so needed on this team and so undeniable. And all the stuff he does outside of the shooting is useful. Yes, the handle is wonky. Yes, he's a little beanpole man. Um, but I think he's uh, he's got a lot of juice to offer the Raptors this season. And I actually think like an all rookie team is not crazy for him either. If uh, if all things break right, um, good rebounder too for like a uh, very a good, yeah, good rebounder, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Cash, we're on to your final bold prediction. I will cede the floor to you once again. What you got for me? All right. I said Schroeder getting more assists than Fred or averaging yep. more assists than Fred this season was my boldest prediction. But now that I think about it, this might actually be bolder. Okay. Um, so I've done a couple play-related ones. Here's the team-related one. Okay. The Toronto Raptors finish third in the Atlantic Division, meaning meaning they would have to finish ahead of one of the 76ers or Knicks. I like it. Now, I like it a lot. I guess whether you think this is bold or not or very bold or not depends on how high you are on the Knicks. Because mm-hmm. look, I, I will. And first of all, Boston should run away with this division, given all yeah. the drama in Philly. I hate the, how good they are, man. It yeah, they're they're ridiculous. <laughs> Them in Milwaukee are just. Um, but Philly, you know, obviously has their issues with the Harden drama hanging over their heads, and even whatever they turn Harden into, it's going to be pennies on the dollar for a player of his value. Like it's not going to boost their title odds by that much. That trade, and so I know why people are down on Philly. But at the end of the day. They do have the reigning MVP, you know, a budding star in Tyrese Maxey that fits that MVP perfectly. I mm-hmm. think there are some like good depth pieces there that don't get enough credit, whether it's Tobias Harris consistency or, you know, even Melton as like a two-way guy in the starting lineup. So I, I Philly should, should still be good enough that I think it would take a crazy amount of things breaking right for the Raptors and a few things breaking wrong for Philly for the Raptors to catch them. I don't think the Raptors finishing out of the Knicks is that outrageous. Mm-hmm. Again, it's still bold though because it is the, the Knicks, Knicks won four good look, last look, year. Yeah, the, the Knicks won forty-seven games last year, mm-hmm. eliminated Cleveland, a very good mm-hmm. Cleveland squad in the first round, quite handily, I'll add, mm-hmm. and 
they return the top eight guys from their playoff rotation plus Dante DiVincenzo, who's a really good NBA rotation player. So, you know, you look at it, even if you kind of thought some of that 47-win season and run to the second round was a bit of smoke and mirrors, they're bringing basically the same team back and got a little better, you know, quickly with a little bit more responsibility from the beginning of the season. Grimes building off what he did last year. I think most people would assume the Knicks should be right around where they were last year, if not perhaps even a little better. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors won 41 games last year, and it felt miserable, and they replaced Fred Van Vliet with Dennis Schroeder. So, you know what? I'm going to give it to myself. This is actually pretty bold. I'm not even sure if <laughs> I'm I I'm glad believe- you came around on yeah. it, buddy. I thought it was bold from the jump. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I believe it. But you know what? I think that I, I feel like when you do bold predictions, like when it's not just a standard predictions show, if you actually come mm-hmm. in saying, look, I'm going to make bold predictions, I feel like part of that is you are putting things out there into the universe that even you yourself are not actually 100% confident in. I think that's part of the boldness. Would I put money on the Raptors finishing third in the Atlantic? No. <laughs> but would I bring it as a as a prediction to the Locked On Raptors podcast's bold predictions episode? You're goddamn right I will. Hell yeah. Uh, and hey, man, you know, we're going into the Saurus. Fearless, enterprising, gallant. These are all the types of words associated with a prediction like this. Yeah, sometimes you're going to be a little wrong when you're being heroic, but, you know, sometimes you just got to do it and hope that it all pays off. This was great. Uh, I could do this all day, man. Uh, Just swapping heat. It's the best. Joey Cash, it's been far too long since we had you on the show. It will not be that long until you're on again, I am sure. We're going to leave it there, though. Do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there? You know, just the usual stuff. You know, hit up uh, the Score app. I do have a short, like, five-minute read reaction feature to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, extending with Milwaukee, a little something there on how he's rewarded their willingness to just kind of throw caution to the wind and go all in over the last few years. Uh, so I got that feature up on the score app. You can find it in the NBA news section and the top news section of the app. Uh, as usual, as you uh, so graciously promoted, uh, we've got Pound the Rock, our podcast with Joe Wolf on. And also I encourage uh, all your listeners who are clearly basketball fans to uh, check out the score's YouTube page where myself and Jonah Bierenbaum and uh, uh, other people uh, make some great videos with a good editing team and uh, just a, a good team of creative people that try to put together some uh, five to 10 minute videos, kind of a lighthearted take on, uh, I'd say informative, but lighthearted takes on what's going go. on in the basketball and sports world. So I knew that tagline from the interstitial ads in town, the rock. There if, you go. Uh, people know, they know. Um, Cash, this was awesome. Thank you so much, man. Uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, everyone, please support the podcast by subscribing, following, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors on Instagram. And of course, the Discord. Come hang out in the Discord where you will find the link to go and partake in this year's Over Unders competition. Uh, please do that. We want to see lots of people in there. You know, the more people I have to grade at the end of the season, the better for me. It makes me feel happy when I have endless papers to grade and determine who wins the contest because I haven't figured out how to run a Google Sheet properly. Uh, either way, really appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow with Katie Heindel for, guess what? Episode 1500 of Locked On Raptors on the day the season begins. It's very exciting. We're going to do something pretty stupid as well, which I'm very <laughs> excited for, related to the Halloween costumes of the Toronto Raptors because we previewed all of the serious angles of this team enough, okay? Uh, we'll see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let us know in the comments if you have your own bold predictions you want to share. Enjoy opening night. Uh, bow at the altar of Nikola Jokic, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.